Father, we thank you that you provide for us in every way in our lives. We thank you for all of the good things that we have been given. Now, Lord, we thank you that you not only provide for us, though, physically, that you also provide for us spiritually. You provide for us in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You provide for us in the word that you give to us to lead us and to guide us. And you provide for us in your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who comes and quickens our hearts and brings the word to life. Lord, we pray, speak to us today and help us as we have been given so much. Help us to respond and to offer our lives in every part again to you. And this we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Davina, she's going to come and read God's word to us. It's um, from Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 4. And after Davina's finished, David's going to come and share God's word. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. <clears throat> but the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. I want to speak to you today about Jeremiah. Um, I know that as missionaries, you know, we, we all we come across people who want to looking to see what God wants to do in their life, they're looking to serve God maybe, and a quandary is what, how they can serve God. Well, I hope through this sermon you can find out uh, a wee bit more of what God wants you to do, because I, I believe that we all want to do what God wants us to do, and we've been 25 years in, in Italy doing what we believe that God has called us to do, and what we wanted to do. And I think probably the greatest thing that anyone can do in life is to find out um, to fulfill your spiritual destiny, your spiritual desire. And in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, which shows us how. And uh, I'm sure as we read this passage, Jeremiah would have been encouraged to learn that before he knew God, that God knew him. Said, before I formed you in the womb, God says, I knew you. Isn't that wonderful? God said to him, I knew you before you were formed in the womb of your mother. You know, I think theologically, you can ask, why did God say to Jeremiah, on the very onset of his ministry, this statement, I knew you before? And, and I'm sure. The statement was intended to, to let Jeremiah see that he's, he was part of a bigger story. He was part of a bigger thing. 
and to understand that, that he was part of the larger story. I've read in commentary, some commentaries, it's about the claim that this was an attempt by God to get Jeremiah to think of issues such as predestination, election, or the relationship of time and eternity. But I've always went for the simple thing, personally, as a simple person. It's, for me, it's just God's assurance to Jeremiah that he had always been known. It was a, it was a statement designed to warm his heart, to, to encourage him to, to go on and do what God was calling him to do. God would say to him, Jeremiah, you have always been known. Bef I, have, I, I assigned you as a prophet before you were ever formed in your mother's womb. You're not an accident of birth. Do you know, we don't personally discover our identity as people, as persons, when we know ourselves. But when we realise that we're known by someone else. We don't know who we are until we know whose we were. And this morning, uh, in the prayer meeting just before we came out to the, to the church service, there was, there was kind of a theme running through that we were, we all felt this sense that we're part of this greater family. God is our father. This identity that we have and you know, you get people that um, often coming to you and saying that they have an identity crisis. Well, if you have an identity crisis, if you don't know who you are, then just think about Jeremiah and just think that you're no different from Jeremiah. God knows you and had known you before you were ever born. So in other words, Jeremiah was a prescription baby. He was made for the task which God had foreseen he could best accomplish. And the thing that I want to emphasize this morning is, and so are we. Every single one of us have been made for a task that God has assigned for us. We have been chosen Every one of us have been chosen for something important. Something important that God is doing in this generation. In this time. Something that nobody other than you can do. Look at verse 9. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. Now I have put my words in your mouth. And the Bible is full of examples, isn't it? Full of examples of how people who, whenever they're asked by God to do something for him, they begin to start to plead their inadequacy. Moses did it, as we know. Isaiah did it. Gideon did it. And many others. What was Moses' excuse? Who am I to go and free the people in Egypt? I don't even know your name. I'm not eloquent. And I have a stutter. The great prophet Isaiah says, why me? I'm just a sinner like everybody else. And as we see in the passage that we read, Jeremiah does it also. And I believe that many of us are good at rationalising reasons why God should let us off the hook. 
Jeremiah says, I'm too young. Too young and inexperienced. I am too old. I will never be able to do something like that. I find it difficult to get up in front of people. I'm tied up with many other things at the moment. It's a little bit more than I can manage. I believe that God must laugh sometimes. Smile at our responses. Because the truth is, because the truth is that each of us is utterly inadequate for the tasks that God asks us to do for him. There are none of us bright enough, none of us smart enough, none of us efficient enough to do the tasks that he wants us to do. God has to have a part in our lives his, if his work's going to be accomplished through us. And that part must be the greater part of our lives. And God assures Jeremiah that he was going to be with him. Then he touches his mouth and puts into his mind the very words he wanted him to speak. I don't know about you, but it's, it's not wrong to feel inadequate. It's not wrong to feel inadequate. But we need to be careful not to let these feelings lead us to a despair that, and it fails us to, to serve God and to do what God wants us to do. Rather, the feeling of inadequacy should lead us to a, you know, to a deeper dependency on God. I know personally that everything I have ever accomplished for God was not done out of a, a sense of adequacy, but an inadequacy. And, and it's true, I've never felt in all my years of ministry, I felt the ability, I've, I had the ability for the task that God was calling me to do. And do you know something? It's not our ability, but it's our response to God's ability. That's the key to service. That's the key to finding out and doing what God wants you to do. God doesn't send us into dangerous and exacting life of faith because we're qualified for it. He chooses in order to qualify us for what he wants us to be and to do. You know, when I applied to become a Baptist minister, many, many, many years ago, uh, I came before, I know, David, you're probably after me, a long time after me. Um, <laughs> no? Did you have to come before an MR committee? So did I. Um, did you, was Ian Balfour part of that? He was? Oof. When I came to the intellectual preparation, he was on the part, the four men that was sitting in front of me with intellectual preparation. And I'll never forget, he said to me, David, he said, I see here, he says, your list of books on uh, the preparation to become a pastor, you have put down books like, well, you've got four books down here, Run Baby Run by Nicky Cruz, the history and civilization of Egypt, the fall of, fall of the Roman Empire, 
and Joe's. He <laughs> said, what, what was the theological thinking behind that? I said to uh, uh, Mr. Balfour, I said, that's not uh, a selection of the books that I've, I've read. That's all the books that I've ever read. <laughs> and you know, then it came a time when I was accepted, miracle above all miracles. <laughs> I went on to Baptist College. And Dr. Martin was the principal of the college. Who was the principal when you went to college? Well, I went to Scotland, but then I went, he was the principal and I went for a year to Scotland. Oh, you went that year to Scotland? Yeah. Well, the very first meeting, he gave this talk about to all the new students and he said you will be expected to be writing essays of about 3,000 words and you know at that, at that very moment I just inside me just boom, collapsed I goes I am not intellectually prepared, Ian Balfour was right about this I mean, what am I doing sitting here uh, 3,000 words, the, the only, as soon as he said essay, the only thing I could remember was the last essay I had done was in school. It was a day trip to the zoo <laughs> with my mummy and daddy. And even that was in a full scrap page with letters that size to cover it so I could give back the full page that we were asked to do by the teacher. I was not prepared and, and I felt inadequate, I felt that, that I'm never going to get through this. But you know, there's just something, uh, the words came to me from a song that we sang in Sunday school, and it was, I will make you fishers of men. You know that song, I will make you fishers, I know it's an old one. And just the words kept coming to me, I will make you. I will make you. And it kept coming to me. And I realised that, you know, I didn't have the ability, but God was going to make me. God was going to enable me to become a pastor and to fulfil this desire that I had in my heart to serve God as a pastor. I didn't hear words saying, David, you're going to be a pastor. It was a desire I had in my heart. And God was saying to me in that moment, I will. And over the three years at Baptist College, I was passing the exams by half a mark, a quarter of a mark. And sometimes I think they just say, oh, let them win. <laughs> but I've learned that everything that God had given me, I was to pass it on. I was to pass it on. And as that's exactly what God wants for every single person. As I said to the children, we're all missionaries. The call to mission, the call to share Jesus, the call to work in Christian service and with immigrants and things and all the different things that we're called to do, God has called us. We have to do it. And that's what God wants for every one of us, exactly. What does God want you to do? To be a missionary. God wants you to pass on what he's given you. And you know, our churches in Scotland are full. 
The pews are full of people who have, are getting tremendous ministries, teaching ministries, encouraging ministries. Brilliant scholars, brilliant theologians. They're getting fed and fed. And you keep hearing that in Scotland a lot. We need to be fed the word of God. Yes, you need to be fed the word of God. But for what reason? To then pass on what God has given you. The moment you learn something new, God wants you to pass it on. Which means, as soon as you come to Christ, you can pass on what God has given to you. As soon as you come to Christ, you know the way to come, you can lead someone else in that same path. You can teach someone else the way to come to Jesus. You can start evangelizing from day one. As soon as you learn something new from the word of God, you can pass it on. That's what God wants us to do. That's what Jeremiah did. If you read the book of Jeremiah, everything that God gave him, he passed it on. Right away. There was, there was doubts, there was failings, there was different things. But he never everything that he got from God, he passed it on. Every single thing. And in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 1 and 2, it says, We are workers together with God. So we beg you, don't let the grace that you receive from God be for nothing. God says, I heard you at the right time, and I give you help in the day of salvation. I tell you that the right time is now. The day of salvation is now. Paul's talking to a church. He's not, he's not talking to non-Christians, the day of salvation. He's saying to this church, the day of salvation is today, now. Get out and share the grace that you have got. You know that's what's happening with the Will Graham celebration in Lanarkshire. You've heard about it here in Hamilton. I noticed there was people from Hamilton, but it must have been from another church, uh, when the, some of the sessions we were going to. The Will Graham crusade... Have you not heard about it? In the Lanarkshire. Uh, where we're going to the classes on that for them. Um, Billy, Billy Graham's uh, grandson. And it's a big campaign called the Will Graham uh, the Celebration. And uh, the emphasis on that is for the, everybody to take part, every Christian to take part, to share what they've already shared. Don't let the grace that you receive from God be for nothing. God says, I heard you at the right time and I gave you help on the day of salvation. Now is the time for you to share that. Now is the day of salvation. And Paul's talking to the church, not talking to leaders of the church, just the leaders. He's talking to the church, the believers, everyone. He says, dear Corinthians, and I believe that God is speaking to us this morning. God is challenging each one of us through Jeremiah, through Paul, through this word. Are we passing on what God is giving us? Because we've been sent as missionaries. Maybe not to Italy, unfortunately for some of you. But you've been sent. You've, you've been sent. You've a task that only you can do. 
the places where you work, the places where you enjoy yourselves, the places where you go, you've been sent to pass on what God has given you. To know that this morning, and I'm finishing, that we are special as Jeremiah was in the eyes of God and he has things for you and for me that only we can do. Let's pray. Father, you know our hearts, every single one of us. You know our desires. You know our needs. Lord, we lay them before you now. And we ask you, Father God, that we would be as Jeremiah. That we would pass on, Lord, what you have given us. That joyfully, Lord, as we give our offering, that we would pass on the wonderful grace the wonderful teachings that you teach us, the things that we learn, that we can pass on, the things, that, the message of salvation that we can see, the demonstration of our lives in the situations where we are to preach Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And may the challenge of your word, may your Holy Spirit Challenge each one of us, Lord, to realize that we're all sent by you. And help us, Lord, each one of us, to fulfill that mission that you have for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs>